Have you been struggling in your relationship? There could be more to it than meets the eye. Welcome to Let's Just Face It. I am your host, Raquel Colina. For years, I was in a very toxic relationship, which I didn't recognize as abusive until the day I left. Let's take a look at the abusive patterns and behaviors to tear down the walls that could be holding you back from moving forward and living your best life even after abuse. Facing small fears can lead to big changes. Are you ready to get started? Well, hello, friends, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Let's Just Face It. Today is episode number 64, Fast Cars and Narcissists. The reason why I decided to talk about this today is because I had a memory triggered. I was listening to somebody on TikTok talk about the same topic, and all of a sudden I had a rush of memories coming to me, and I needed to bring this out to you because it might help you understand something that you're going through or been through. I never actually associated fast cars with abuse because I'm a hard rocker, heavy metal, fast cars, loud music kind of girl. So because this is something that I like, I usually tend to be attracted to guys that like heavy metal, hard rock, loud music, and fast cars. The first person that I ever liked that liked fast cars used to take me racing with him all the time. And his car was always breaking down. And funny thing is that it was always my car. My car was never built for this. But somehow they say it's not about the car. It's about the driver. And in this case, yes, it was. It was all about the driver. And he he did wonders with my car. This is the thing. This guy is not a narcissist or an abuser. And therefore, because I never recognized any abusive tendencies from this guy, I had never actually tied fast cars with abusive behavior. If you start thinking about it, if you've dated a narcissist or you're not sure if you're going out or have gone out with a narcissist, let's break it down in this scenario. Most of the time, they want to drive their cars. If not, they like to take your car. In my case, that is not something that I would have recognized because I used to drive a lot for work and I would rather be driven than driving somebody around. So I wouldn't have picked this up. They like to take their cars and because it's their car or they're driving, they get to choose the music, which means that If you're listening to something, they have no problems shutting it down or changing it right in the middle of a song. You could be performing at the highest point of the song, and this is when they decide to change it because you're enjoying the song and they want to use whatever excuse they can or they want just to bother you, just to abuse you a little more. And they're going to tell you that they don't like that song. They tend to put music and not let one song finish and then jump to the other one just to get you annoyed. Another thing that narcissists like to do in cars is they control the temperature of the car. If you don't like being cold, the car will be cold. You'll be freezing in the car. If you like the cold but hate being hot, the car would be warm as to bother you. In my case, he knew that I hated the cold. The both guys that I dated that were narcissists They both knew that I hated the cold. It's something within me that freezes me 
not just physically, but mentally too, it gets me in a very bad mood, which also works great for them because they're already not doing much and already getting me into the kind of behavior that they enjoy. With my first narcissist, I remember that he always wanted to keep me cold in the car. But when I was digging through these memories, trying to break a story to tell you more and to keep you aware of these things, I also remembered that all the time that I lived with him here in Florida, it was also in the house. He liked to control the temperature inside the house too because he was able to do it. While we lived in Puerto Rico, we didn't have an AC, only for sleeping at night. And yes, the room was always cold, but for sleeping, I don't have an issue with that. I like to sleep in the cold, but for a living space, like an all-day living space, I like to be comfortable. And I remember he had me so cold that at one point he also said, I come home and you're all dressed up. You have like 20 things on you and I never get home to find you with anything cute or anything sexy. Of course, he would never get home and find me with anything sexy because I had to dress up like I was in freaking winter wonderland all year long. But they like to control the temperature, whether it's in the house, if they can, or whether it's in the car. So when they're in the car, they like to keep the temperature to where it would bother you. They tend to play around with the music where it would bother you. And if you're paying attention, you probably realize that most of the time the doors are locked. It's very important for them that the doors are locked because remember, all of this has to do with control, manipulation, and gaslighting. This is the main source where they get to do all of this in one place. You're in a car. You're closed. You have access to nobody. In this moment, they have a control of something that could literally kill you. They have total control. They love speeding. Not because they enjoy speeding, because I do like speeding in cars and I do like racing in cars, but the way that they speed their cars is to make you feel scared. It's not because they're racing anybody. It's not to have fun. It is to have fun, but it's not to have fun on the street. It's to have fun with you. It's to use the supply of making you scare. They want to make you feel like they have such control that there is nothing you can do. They will either make you have some kind of reactive abuse episode, and more than likely that is what they're looking for because they will either start arguing with you to get you there, or they will start ignoring you, which is the total opposite to get you there. If they're totally quiet and you feel like you're not being responded to when you're scared, when you're in need, you're going to start reacting to all of this, reacting to this abuse because there's no other way for you to channel it at this point. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing else to do but to scream at your abuser, which fuels the monster. They like to speed to make you scared and they like it when you start yelling and screaming at them. It fuels their fire. Most of them also have road rage. This one kind of like got to me because don't mind me, I'm always running late. So I'm always like, get out of my way, move. Why are you stopping so long? Can't you get going? It's not the kind of road rage that these narcissists show when they're on the road. 
There's this story of when I was driving him to Miami. He was a truck driver. He was also a sociopath. For some reason, I can't remember what happened. I don't even think I realized what happened when all of a sudden I saw him getting out of his car, climbing on the steps on the side of a truck and starting to scream at the truck driver from the passenger side of the truck. I have no idea what was going on, but it was so freaking scary because I had no idea if this other guy had a gun. I didn't even know if my guy had a gun because he's he wasn't supposed to, but because they don't respect the law, God knows if he even had a gun in the car. This was very scary because I had no idea at this point if the truck driver was going to get out of the car. I don't know if when we he got in the car and left, he was going to take it out on me or if the truck was going to follow us and probably get us into an accident. It was very scary to see him get out of the car with that kind of rage. Both of the narcissists that I went out with would be literally arguing and pissed off the whole time they're driving because people need to get out of their way. You better not have a better idea of how to get from where you are to where they want to go because they will get mad at you for you trying to control the situation. Now, this is how they try to control you when they're in a car. They'll lock you in. They'll change the music according to their needs or to piss you off. They'll put the temperature contrary to the temperature that you would more likely enjoy. They want to make you feel scared. And if you like racing in cars like I do, and I've been on the passenger side quite a few times, they will go over the top as to what would happen on a race because that won't make you feel scared. And it's not about you enjoying the speeding of the car. It's about making you feel scared, making you feel like you can die at their hands, like it's up to them. It's in their hands. Be careful when you're getting in fast cars with people. Make sure that you know the intentions. Like I said, I I have dated a few times a guy that likes the same loud music and rock music that I do. And he was actually the one that I think got me into liking cars and races and, and all of this. But with him, I just race. And yeah, it is scary, but not up to the point of him wanting to control the situation. It's like a 10 second race. It's a 10 second car. It's going to the races and enjoying the racing. It's not to control you. You have to learn to identify the difference between somebody wanting to hurt you and somebody wanting you to enjoy something that you both like or that they like, but still they want to make you feel comfortable in it. When I was with the guy that likes racing, made me feel comfortable for being in that position and it didn't make me feel uncomfortable because of the way that he was driving. We talked about it in the car and you can tell that it was not his intention of wanting to get control or wanting to make me feel bad. It's just something that he enjoys and he also wanted me to enjoy it with him. Now, this doesn't get limited to just cars. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by the Come to Rise one-on-one coaching program. If you left a toxic, abusive relationship and you're feeling broken, beaten, and lost, but you're trying to find the pieces to put yourself back together, then this program is for you. I'm going to help you rebuild your sense of self 
create a new vision and take action to move in that direction in the next 90 days. If this resonates with you and you are ready for the next step, click the link in the show notes or DM me on Instagram. Back to the episode. It doesn't only happen with cars. It also happens with motorcycles. And here's my story. My ex got a motorcycle. He liked Harley Davidson's and I, for the life of me, don't like him. Please don't come at me if you do. For me, especially the way that he behaved, it was not pleasant. He would get into costume to ride the motorcycle. Like he had to become somebody that he was not, which was kind of ridiculous in my eyes. I don't know if it was because he wanted or needed to be liked by the crew that he was hanging out with, but it didn't fit him and it didn't fit me. I did see him once riding with his new wife on a motorcycle and I guess that she enjoys it, which is great for them. But in my case, I only rode on the motorcycle two times. Once because I wanted to convince him to go to my uncle's house and if he took me there on the motorcycle, more than likely he would have made it. That one wasn't as bad, but the first time he took me out on the motorcycle, it was late at night, it was dark, and it was cold. First of all, he didn't get me prepared for how cold it was going to get. And the more we drove, the lower the temperatures would drop, but every time I told him to stop, he just kept going. We passed a whole bunch of exits that he could have just turned, and he just kept going. The more I wanted to be home, the more I was forced to be on this motorcycle where I had no control where I was going. He kept speeding. He didn't want to take directions. We actually got lost just to take me to a place to have a drink and come back home. It was just about the abuse. So it's not just about cars. It's about any situation that they can use to isolate you and control you because there's nothing that you can do about it. And I know that there's plenty of things in our daily lives that you can use to control us. But the fact that there's nothing you can do because you're not going to jump out of the car. You're not going to jump out of the motorcycle unless it's a life or death. But other than that, we're not going to jump out of the car. We're not going to jump out of the motorcycle. So it is all about control for them. That is exactly what they want. I want to remind you that you can share this episode with a friend. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate you for being here. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend or a loved one that might need this information. This way you will help me reach more people like you. Also sign up for the email list at RaquelColina.com forward slash email. Don't forget, facing small fears can lead to big changes. Thank you for being here with me today. Have a blessed week.